0: Well, guys, I won't be seeing you for a while. Where are you going? I've joined the Naval Reserve. Well, I'm not going to let anything happen to my best friend. I'm joining, too. Well, I'm not going to let anything happen to my two best customers. I'm
1: joining, too. And although my religion strictly forbids military service,
0: what the hey, I'm in, too.
1: Gee, thanks, guys.
0: This is just like the deer hunter. The deer hunter? Ah, uh, uh, that reminds me. Did he mo? Did he mo? I'm sorry, guys. We're shutting down for a while. Sorry.
1: Welcome to Trilogy in Theory. My name is Webb and this is my co-host Mike. And we continue our trilogy this month. But before we get to the movie, I gotta tell you about this book that I just finished called Tender is the Flesh. It's a novel about an alternate reality in which all the animals of the world are infected with some virus, making them uh, impossible to consume. So, uh, no more chicken... Uh, beef, pork, all off the table. So,
0: I see. you're describing a world where I take up Russian roulette as a
1: <laughs> as a
0: hobby.
1: <laughs> yes. Well, hold, hold on a second. There, what happens is cannibalism becomes legalized and regulated, and so uh, the book is ultimately a parable, I suppose, for uh, the current uh, state of Uh, meat consumption and uh, very much about how meat is regulated. And so there's an entire sequence in the first half of the book in which you are shown uh, how a human being goes from being through what happens in a slaughterhouse, basically. And it's gruesome. And so at the end of the book, whatever faith I have left in the human race is like pretty much (laughs) down to its bare essentials Uh, by the end of this book. And I have to wonder whether people are worth a damn and what they're capable of. And I can't imagine going through the book again, but I guess I'm glad that I read it. And that's very much how I feel about The Deer Hunter, the 1978 war drama epic uh, by Michael Camino.
0: Best picture winner. Is this the first best picture winner we've had on Trilogy in Theory? Oh, that a good question. usually high. Or this low, I guess, the, the <laughs> feeling that you're trying to get across to our listeners that they're in for just a fun episode. It's just like a, it's another Richard Linklater joint, just hanging out with your buddies, <laughs> drinking beer. <laughs> nope. Eventually, guns will be pointed at each other's faces. And didn't Camino win Best Director for this one as well? He did. Kind of unfortunate. After having read about the guy, uh, doesn't seem like a pleasant dude. Doesn't seem like a, a nice individual to work with. So do you think he got his just desserts with his follow-up, Heaven's
1: Gate? Which pretty much, like, tarnished his uh, reputation completely. And and uh, I don't know if he really worked much after that. Because I feel like this was the last bit... Well, I mean, despite that, uh, it got a, a Criterion release. Because you know how it is. What's, what once was uncool becomes cool later on through uh, uh, revisionist history. Or either just, uh, you know... Uh, looking at things a second time. I mean, you know what, Vertigo and several of those movies have gotten um, revivals, so maybe Heaven's Gate's not that
0: bad. Yeah, I think in Vertigo's case it was more like you dumb Americans didn't get it the first time around, (laughs) but internationally people were all over that shit. I can't speak to uh, Heaven's Gate because I only know of it as financial disaster. I actually know nothing of the plot. I, I don't even know what it's about. I did watch The Deer Hunter as a teenager, which... It's funny given the uh, sort of uh, laborious pacing of the film to say that this is more of a young man's game, but I do feel (laughs) like it is because once you have a job and mortgage and responsibilities, you know, I I remember, I think I was coming out of Face Off. John was classic. Now, there's a Best Picture winner. uh, Rightfully so. That should have won Best Picture. And I remember getting into an argument with... Uh, my dad, who didn't much care for the opening of that film where John Travolta's son is shot and killed by the, the villain, at least in the opening sequence, played by Nicolas Cage of course they you know they swap <clears throat> and he checked out immediately he was like, I, I don't go to see these type of movies for this, and I remember um, I, I love how I'm just saying, Deer Hunter, no fun, something else let's talk about that, <laughs> you went with the cannibalism book, I'm like, nope I can liven this up and I remember arguing with him because I'm like, oh, but, you know, Nicolas Cage coming off his Oscar win is saying, hey, action movies can have characters that emote and have feelings. And, you know, I don't, I don't know if anyone, um, you know, 25 years later is holding up face off as the embodiment of getting in touch with once you know, uh, more effeminate masculinity, you know, you can cry too. But at the time, it was certainly different. Even in the same month, it was certainly different than something like Con Air. Weeks apart, Nicolas Cage was showing you two different types of Hollywood action movies. But I'm putting this case together as a teenager to my old man. I'm telling him why, he, why he's wrong because face off rules. <laughs> and he's like, you know, I just I don't go to these type of movies for that type of trauma. Like, you know, he was saying, as a father, he's like, the worst thing that I can imagine is one of my children dying especially dying in front of me in my arms like they they amped it up to 11 yeah and i was like what a stupid thing to say like (laughs) 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 but then i'm watching face off or i'm watching deer hunter i guess i would rather have been watching face off and i remember as a teenager thinking like wow this is important this is like a this is a movie (laughs) <laughs> and now, I think, maybe, as some of the older people who had you know lived a little bit more certainly lived through more than me if they experienced war or trauma like this, thinking this is just unpleasant, like I don't yeah. want to spend my time like this. this is <laughs> it's just the the craftsmanship's there. it's beautiful to look at. the performances are great. I appreciate the pace to a certain extent that we're gonna show these people and their lives before all of that was taken away from them. Yeah, there's a lot to respect. There's very little to enjoy <laughs> at all. You mentioned the
1: beginning where we get to see all of the things that were taken away from these individuals that went off to the war. wedding, like uh, like like
0: almost an hour at a wedding. Which yes, this first act of fun at that wedding, <laughs> <laughs> the not wedding at was all not that enjoyable. There's there's a man who reveals that. Uh, his new bride is carrying the child of another man. He says somewhat shamefully or like, you know, what have I gotten myself into? There's a fight that breaks out. You have Christopher Walken, Robert De Niro fighting, I guess, in a gentlemanly way over the attention of Meryl Streep. There's there's already tensions, I guess, is what I'm saying, even in the, the blissful pre-war period of small town Americana.
1: There is, and it all ends with Robert De Niro's Shlong on on uh... – on the big screen. They can't really see
0: much, but no no complaints there except I was None. thinking like this is is this like the winter season, this is fall and you're sitting on <laughs> on pavement <laughs> with <your> nuts <laughs> freezing. I don't know if he's preparing himself for combat <laughs> or what, <laughs> like in the tortures he'll endure. <laughs> Me the Indian guy
1: was like I I haven't been to too many white people weddings and i was like this is what happens is this all that goes down
0: (laughs) we just get nuts i'd say the more the the older the weddings get the more maybe middle-aged uh yeah i could see it um did you have a problem with that i was you know I, i dug into some of the criticism of this i knew that the russian roulette thing was always controversial because it's it's admittedly a little tacky and cheesy to like man war is horrific what would make it worse (laughs) <laughs> like <and> that's <laughs> that's not really how this project came together. Apparently it was like a Russian roulette like thriller, like set oh. in Vegas, and they decided, uh, eh, let's not go like pure genre fare. Let's let's tackle this Vietnam thing with this. But that really was, <laughs> was not so much my my problem with the movie that it's it's gonna be because I mean even Apocalypse Now, they sort of grafted on something else to Vietnam, like a story that Francis Ford Coppola wanted to do. We want to do Hearts of Darkness, but Vietnam, you know, there's <laughs> amongst all that, there's also like a negative review I came across that says, you know, De Niro and these guys they are like way too fucking old to be going to Vietnam. <laughs> I'm like, <Yeah>. that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's that that's what you had a problem with. <laughs> the age appropriateness level of this.
1: Now, I, I th- yeah, there are a lot of things that I think to complain. And I, I, I wonder if it is, improper for us to talk about this first act, because it's a bit of a slog. There's not that much character development really happening, and the little bits of plot that you're given can be doled out differently. It isn't until the deer hunting uh, I think that we really dig into uh, the meat of the story, and and John Cazell, as always, you know, we have such little little footage in the grand scheme of things of him. And so, him and... uh, Meryl Streep in the first hour are the two standouts for me. We we finally get into some character development right up there. The whole uh, boots thing—the fact that he hasn't brought his boots or he's
0: not as God—he can't—he can't escape that Fredo character, can he? <laughs> Even this one where he's—he's a—he's a little bit more one of the guys, but yeah, he's the—I uh, uh, guess he's the arrogant one—is how they're framing him. He's the guy that. Tries to show out his machismo a little bit. He's the one that he proudly is carrying a gun, even though he's not going to war, and also doesn't really he doesn't really display too much sensitivity uh, when the guys return from from Vietnam. He's a little put out that they missed the party. The production was <laughs> <put> one, <laughs> and also doesn't really seem to have a sense of uh, the damage that may have been done to uh, the nearest character of Michael. Not saying that that justifies. You know, previously a friend saying like you're just pointing a gun at someone let me pull the trigger with a live round in the, on the chambers and show you what that feels like did you read that De Niro during that sequence um, insisted that they actually have a bullet a round in the gun like a live round to you know go full method um, oh my gosh, that's crazy it was agreed upon, but I guess it was like um I mean this is terrible to say because there was just last year in Instawn that Alec Baldwin set. Um but apparently like everyone's like, Yeah, yeah, De Niro, yeah, that's a good idea. However, they like, you know, furiously were checking to make sure where it was, you know, for every take. Like so, so probably uh, you know, to what was the Marathon man, marathon man uh story with Dustin Hoffman? Uh, God, who was the great actor? Is it Lawrence Olivier? Is he the villain in that? The evil dentist? Oh no. I'm gonna see, we're I, I for once we get to talk about how young we are, Webb. Another movie of the seventies, <laughs> we're like, Who are those old fucks in that? <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> Dustin Hoffman wanted to go run laps and run like, you know, six miles in the morning before he did a sequence where he had been running and he thought he could impress this legend, this this thespian and the response he got back was, why don't you try acting, dear boy? <laughs> that's, I think I would play that card if De Niro says, I want to have an actual bullet in the chamber when we do this sequence. Like, hey, why don't you just uh, earn your keep? Earn that salary? Well, the
1: trouble is, even if... Okay, let's say you really want to be method and have a bullet in the chamber. The problem is, if you know that it's not go, it's not the one that's lined up so the next shot is going to actually fire that bullet... Same
0: thing. Like, I don't know why you would be more, <laughs> you know, it's... Oh, Webb is getting to flex on the set. He's like, you know, you could go another way. <laughs> Let's do it for real. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's not That's what not I said.
0: not around on the deer <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. Once we get
1: to the deer hunting, I think you get a uh, really... A lot of wonderful uh, vistas. You get uh, wonderful shots with silhouettes. Uh, The music, though it's not very subtle, uh, it's really quite haunting. Uh, Stanley Myers, who really doesn't have a filmography that he, you know, that I can talk about. Like, oh, this, this, this. this." But his work here is really quite good. And then immediate, that transition from the bar where they're all just kind of chit-chatting. And then you have a wonderful little uh, moment with the piano Hard cut, you know, into Vietnam is great, and Camino also Im- implementing some of those uh, split screen shots that De Palma made famous. Very obvious. Very, hey, if you're gonna steal, steal from
0: the best, and then he does. Um, really made good it stuff. A little more fun. Didn't didn't take <laughs> <laughs> the essence of a De Palma movie, which is no. I enjoy sitting in the theater with this. I, okay, how did you feel about? We spend so much time at the wedding the bar scene and them leaving work. And when we jump ahead to Vietnam, you get one sequence where, you know, De Niro's already in sort of survival mode. It's, it's not like them going out on some sort of mission and then things go wrong. You you come into it. Things have already gone to hell. And really the only, the only reason he gets to succeed for a few seconds is so he can reunite with his two hometown friends. And then immediately they're captured and they've been playing this horrific uh game of torture with Russian roulette uh and it was interesting upon rewatch it's like oh so Kimino didn't really have that much interest in Vietnam combat as far as warfare and wanted to he wanted the the game the act of Russian roulette to represent all of that sort of i guess senseless violence which is fine but man do you get a lot of you get a lot of it. A lot of pistols being pointed at people's heads. Like, those are long sequences. I mean, you can tell, that, you know, the direction that the film's going. I don't think it's surprising that in the third act we're going to go back to it. I, don't, I had no expectation that we're going to go back to domestic affairs. Though, even on rewatch, I was kidding myself. Like, someone shacks up with Meryl Streep, right? Maybe both Walken and De Niro go back and maybe they get into fisticuffs over who gets the rights to that trailer in Meryl Streep. Maybe that's how we (laughs) resolve things. Nope. Nope. Not at all.
1: You're right. They get right when you transition to Vietnam. uh, I feel like Camino's like, well, we got to have one big explosion shot and they have that and that is kind of representative. You're right. And that might be because of that script process that you mentioned. Like it was originally gonna be around Russian roulette, and so it was formatted for Vietnam. I guess and that, that might speak to it. I don't think it was so jarring, uh uh just because, because you spent so much time with them doing a lot of nothing. I guess it's almost a relief you go into the Vietnam War. I hate to say that, but immediately the images are so horrific right off the bat. It does wake you up immediately. And then there's actually one aspect of the Russian roulette that beyond just the controversy of it, the fact that, you know, people are like well, no, it never happened. And there is something to be said about, well, you're talking about Vietnam. You're talking about all these different things. And thematically, it's about the individual and what they uh, uh, how they react to pressure, violence, chaos, all these things that war brings about. But because the Russian roulette, uh, I, I I don't know if there are any actual cases where this is stated. Yes, this happened in Vietnam. Does that lessen any of the the thematic impact of this film for you?
0: No, I probably think lesser of this film than it being the you know the best picture of nineteen seventy eight. I I probably like recording this in twenty twenty two. I would say that Apocalypse Now has probably become the Vietnam film of, of that era. Uh, of course, Stanley Kubrick uh, always taking his sweet-ass time decided to release Full Metal Jack at the end of the 80s. Which yeah. So topical to get back to Vietnam then. But I, I don't have as much of a problem with it. I mean, I, I just really dislike the director. Like I I never really had any sort of particular interest in the man because I, th- I believe the only film films I've seen has been this one. Um, But just in researching for this, this podcast, you know, I, I read that he, you know, he took someone else's screenplay, he wrote it with a partner, and then as soon as it was over uh, in the press, he basically said, yeah, I started writing with a partner, but he was an idiot and I had to take control, like, and I only had like a week to do it. <laughs> the editing of the film, which was apparently a nightmare because he shot, like, the wedding sequence was supposed to be like 20 minutes and it was like 50 and he didn't like run this by anyone. He just like kept shooting. Like it's the the whole. I can't remember. It was one filmmaker. Someone said the whole idea is basically: if you take uh, studio money, uh, just keep getting them pregnant. Because <laughs> like <laughs> once they're invested uh, an X amount of dollars, <laughs> they pretty much just have to let you do it. Because like, well, he's already set fire to a stack of cash. So I guess I guess we're just in this mess. And he also said that about the, the editing process. He called his editor who won an Oscar for this an idiot. And he's like, actually, I did most of that too. <laughs> um, so <laughs> it's like thematically, no, I don't have any problem with it. But on, the, I mean, this is not going to surprise you, Webb. There was some pushback. There were some, some critics that you know defended it, just using it as a sort of analogous situation, like a shorthand for what uh, men will do to other men, that sort of thing. Ebert was one of them but this guy this director has to come back and be like well actually i did read one article once where there was some russian roulette going on and it's like (laughs) i think it's even cited on wikipedia like uh he never produced what article he was actually (laughs) talking about it's like dude (laughs) just (laughs) you have people defending you you're winning oscars for this fucking thing you can't take an l anywhere you can't share in this collaborative process this medium you can't say that someone else had an idea or if someone have problems with your ideas that you're already being championed for by ninety percent of the industry and you have ten percent of the population or coworkers saying like, eh, that was kind of shitty how we portrayed the Vietnamese and you're like, Well actually no I have <laughs> I have the receipts, but I'm just not gonna show them to your stupid stupid because you couldn't comprehend where I'm coming from. Um, uh, yeah, I'm I'm going on letterbox right now. I'm gonna knock this down a star just because <laughs> <fuck this guy. laughs> Speaking of uh, treating the
1: Vietnamese the way that they were in this film, uh, one of the things that really stuck out to me is the lack of subtitles. Like you have no idea what they're saying throughout, and I think Argo also suffered this same criticism, where the Iranians did not get any subtitles, and so you really
0: just (laughs) (laughs) Benny Boo, yeah
1: who would gladly learn quite a bit from the same director of photography as this film on Jersey Girl. We're bringing it all full circle, baby, right here on Trilogy in Theory. (laughs) Um... But in Argo, uh, there was also a complaint that you're really only getting one perspective—the the the American one—and you don't know what the Iranians are saying. And same thing here: uh, the the Vietnamese characters. Oh gosh, especially in that or the the first Russian Roulette sequence, it's brutal. It is absolutely horrific, and they are ultimately just not mustache-twirling villains, but on another level, like beyond just your normal villain with motivation. These are just seen as like savage individuals. And that's another kind of hard thing to do. Is it, is it the responsibility of the filmmaker or the storytellers to
0: show not a balanced side, but just more than one side? No, I don't think so. Uh, You get a little bit of that in uh, three Kings, uh, the David O. Russell movie. Do you remember the sequence where uh, Marky Mark is being tortured? Uh, enemy combatant who is doing the torturing uh, explains to him how his family was killed uh, by a, a bomb being dropped on their heads by the Americans um, I didn't mind it in that movie because I feel like you, you've you already established some sort of relationship between those two like there's this facade between um, the American side and the Iraqi uh, before um, they sort of Drop that and to reveal how they truly feel about one another. I mean, you know, I could go for the snark and saying, hey, the deer hunter doesn't need to be longer. We don't have an extended <laughs> sequence about, you know, some guys that think it's pretty fucked up that they're running a Russian roulette game and they go home and they tell their wife, like, Jesus Christ. My commanding officers, <laughs> you know, we got Christopher Walken screaming and like, you know, they're, they're, now they want to put three bullets in the chamber. Like, it's getting tough at work. I'm going to have to put in for some PTO because I just can't. <laughs> <laughs> I can't take it. No, I don't. I, I don't really want that. I, I just, I have a problem with the filmmaker trying to establish this as reality. You, instead, you just say, hey, we took a lot of artistic license. Fine. I mean, th- th- there's plenty of stories i mean there's you know shakespeare going back to how war is portrayed and what it does to to a man i don't think we inherently like ask for to unless you're saying <laughs> um you know if, if this guy did a film where he was like the holocaust never happened maybe then you're like okay wait a minute but you know game of russian roulette uh just own the fact that this was a genre movie set in las vegas and we ended up in vietnam so you're basically establishing none of this was real we just sort of heightened it. We heightened the drama a little bit. I did, uh, as I'm shitting on uh, this guy, I did look up, uh, what did Mr. Samino uh, do here? His last film was from 1996. It's called The Sun Chaser, starring uh, Woody Harrelson as Michael Reynolds, who is a rich on- oncologist, who has a, <laughs> this is the IMDb summary, who has a $175,000 sports car, a multi-million dollar house and a new boost in his career. They don't tell us what the boost is. Brandon Blue Monroe is a dying patient who kidnaps Reynolds and takes him to a legendary Navajo healing place while a manhunt closes in. As the man gets closer to oh as the man gets closer to that place that might save them both, they come closer to understanding each other. Uh, that was? <laughs> I'm just now realizing. I'm like, wait, what is this? What this is a fucked up summary. Uh, apparently, you can submit your own, and I guess there's no one checking uh, the <laughs> Sun Chaser. This is from Stone at hotmail.com has the official IMDb summary <laughs> submission. <laughs> is that Michael Camino's official email address? Is Stone that Psycho. Really? I love that it's a hotmail account. <laughs> if I can oh. ex- submit one from excite.com. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're having a lot of fun uh, poking
1: the deer hunter quite a bit. Ultimately, like, there is a lot of good stuff here. Um... The The impossibility of some of these soldiers to adjust back to civilian life. The All Quiet on the Western Front handled it so well. Uh, the, the concept of the lost generation, these kids going off to war, just ultimately lose their childhood in those formative years. Uh, I guess not so much with uh, these old actors
0: like De Niro going to war, but still.
1: I, 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 I can't even father children
0: of... anymore. They're too old. Yeah. <laughs> Plumbing doesn't work.
1: It's... It's re- it was really haunting to see the Steven character being like no I don't fit here Mike I don't fit you know uh, uh in in his wheelchair and it, it was it was really hard to watch some of that stuff and then and then of course the ending um is is uh, very difficult to see and I do wonder uh there was a controversy about the singing God bless America whether it's ironic or not like I and I I would like to imagine it's ironic considering you know, most war films are anti-war. At least the good ones are. I don't think they're... Um, what was the Eli Roth uh, mini-war film in The Glorious Bastards? Not a lot of those running around uh, mm. in the
0: theaters With The sniper uh, being in, the, in the tower, yeah.
1: Yeah, that's right. Not a lot of those uh, making I mean, uh,
0: the big bucks. Yeah, we could throw on, like, John Wayne's The Green Berets, which I think was the only pro-Vietnam <laughs> movie of that, that time period.
1: Um, Boy, I'm, I'm one of those people who gets a lot of flack for still liking John Wayne films. Like I, like I'm sorry, Rio Bravo is amazing, and I know that John Wayne's a horrible human. Well, searchers. was a horrible human. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. Sorry,
0: Man Who Shot Liberty Valance. Like these are good films. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't care for the the ending. I forgot about it. I, I mean, I, it's just the last little bit. It feels like it feels so Oscar biggity Probably before that was well. I don't know if that that was probably before it was a popular term. I'm sure within the industry for decades. <laughs> Filmmakers knew, like, well, that's kind of bullshit. You're trying to win a gold trophy there. That that stuck out to me. There there's so many melodramatic moments of this. My God, you have you know, Christopher Walken shooting himself in the head as they he reminisces for his like last living seconds about, you know, one shot as his his hunting with his buddy back home. Um, his heroin addiction, uh, Meryl Streep comes from an abusive domestic situation. That's why she's living in their trailer. That's, that's in there. And that's just, you, you forget about that. It's like, oh shit. Yeah. She doesn't have anywhere to go back to. Um, I liked that the, I guess the guy, the, I don't know if it's the bartender or just works at the bar that, um, he's getting them settled in after Christopher Walken's body has come back and didn't leave him behind and everyone's gathered and they don't really know what to say because they're coming from a funeral and he's like I'll, I'll get breakfast I'll get food I liked it if you just fade out with him by himself in the kitchen he's just fixing him eggs and he's just sort of breaking down yeah. on his own he's the ultimate caretaker but instead we have to end on this with like kind of statement thing about you know do, do they still feel this way about their country not necessary. it's such a great scene this man who wants to make sure his friends are okay but knows he doesn't have the right words just takes a private moment to himself as he's trying to 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 get some semblance of normalcy again. Let's share a meal. Let's let me make the eggs. I I I provide and just a missed opportunity. That's why the guy is you know he he last left us with Woody Harrelson as the oncologist mm-hmm. in the Navajo <laughs> <laughs> Sun Chaser movie. <laughs> you even in that moment though like my first thought was you
1: know he's weeping and he's got snot there's like i wish he'd washed his hands before he continued
0: making those eggs like was i the only one your your version of it De Niro. that tears it again <laughs> <laughs> one round <laughs> <laughs> I have don't... we've we've had too good of a time with the Deer Hunter in our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you I'm never gonna watch this again. Are you gonna ever watch the Deer Hunter again? I, I fucking imagine. own this thing, man. I can't believe I, too. I, I own it. On it must have been like five bucks, and it was like, wow, the Deer Hunter. Of course, I'll spend five dollars on it. It's in four K, and it's one. Wait, of those... you got yours in four K? I'm pretty sure mine's in four K. I'll check. You don't have it in 4K? No, I have it in HD. <laughs> what? Well, here's the thing. <laughs> this this from the man who just said, I'll never watch it again, is now furious <laughs> that it doesn't <laughs> have it in the highest quality. <laughs> it's the principle. <laughs> I don't want to tell you this. But I misspoke. It's just an HD. I really wish mine was in 4K, <laughs> just so you could convince yourself. I will watch it again <laughs> one day <laughs> in 4K. <laughs> you know what? Meryl Streep was probably my favorite thing about it, and I think it's really cool to see her in the background, uh, having a, basically the girlfriend part, which her John Caselli. Basically, told her, Hey, there's no, you don't really have much dialogue, so you're just gonna have to like interject yourself here. And boy, they, um, it's just cool to see, like, oh, like sh- she's gonna become, like, you know, the great, like the sort of defining oh, actress yeah. of her generation with a total nothing part. De Niro's De Niro, he was already De Niro, so there, there's my. There's my my nice thing about Deer Hunter. I'm going out on a limb, Webb. Meryl Streep's pretty good, <laughs> pretty good actress. I got here. <laughs> Deer Hunter is fine. Like, and you're right.
1: When it does upgrade to 4K, I do wonder if I'm going to be interested. But may, maybe I'll
0: just re-listen to this. Um And, yeah. <laughs> and remind uh, myself. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Let's let's <laughs> whittle down. This this film that I believe made it on the AFI's top 100, I don't think until the second time around. I think in the 2007 update list, it got in, which is kind of surprising because I don't feel like this is one that necessarily ages better. Regardless, all you really need is our half hour of teeing and giggling. <laughs> <Yeah. through it. laughs> Oh, you know, just random thought I had. I like the
1: idea of Camino just, like, filming without anyone's consent in that entire wedding sequence, and, and I, I wish that De Niro, like, watching it for the first time, be like, who filmed me while I was naked the whole time? <laughs> I like to think that was
0: supposed to be for that. That was just for me and Walken. How dare you? We were having <laughs> yeah. a moment.
1: Didn't Walken win the Academy Award for
0: this he one? He did. He He's did. He's not in uh, it
1: enough for me to be like, oh, there's a lot of good acting happening here.
0: Well, you know, I think I might disagree. I don't know if I disagree with you on the validity of him winning because I don't know what the field was. But I do think we've probably been spoiled by uh, the, I guess, bastardization of the uh, supporting player. Like like in the, <laughs> the original, uh, the olden days of the academy, it truly was meant to shine a light on people who were not stars at all and as much as i love i love brad pitt once upon a time in hollywood we we did an episode uh on that that joint and um (laughs) come on that is a co-lead in fact he's probably is the character that you most gravitate towards in that film (laughs) (laughs) yeah but i guess it's in the plot that he is truly supporting dicaprio and that that's his role but as far as a moviegoer you're i'd say you're more interested in what brad pitt's up to uh, for me, the only, the only quibble I have with Walken's performance is I think unfortunately he's like, he's like Nicholas Cage. He's such a performer. He's he's such an iconic face and voice that it's if you catch it too late, it it comes off as strange. You're like, when when's Christopher Walken gonna do his Christopher Walken things? And so, is there a movie where that transition occurred? Like you go from this to, like Balls of Fury, and I'm just like. What? <laughs> <laughs> Man, I, I wish I had queued up that that's the final film from the auteur behind the deer hunters, that his buddy Walken got him a gig for hire for Balls of fear. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm scrolling through our episodes trying to find
1: another best picture winner. And the one movie that caught my eye was like Youth and Revolt. I was like, that ain't it. <laughs> just keep going. Nope. no. Nope. It's just funny. Nope. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't think we did. LA Confidential? Did that win? No, I don't think that won. Lost the Titanic. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Oh, that was a tough year. You know, the best picture winner is not necessarily what the best picture is. It's really the picture that got Rocky won over, you know, Taxi Driver and, and, and I think Apocalypse Now. So but it feels like the one movie that seems like, okay, the entire audience...
0: I think Rocky went over Taxi Driver, Network, and All the President's Men. I think that was one of those killer years.
1: I'm trying to think of other films from 1978 that were better than this. The one that's obvious is uh, The Five Venoms.
0: (laughs) I just love how we get this esteemed film on, and we're like, no, 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 no. There had to be something better. (laughs) I'm going to point to the thing we just reviewed last week from 1978, which, you know, you're not wrong. <laughs> Ooh, uh Days of Heaven, Terrence Malick, that came out that year, nominated for Best Sound. Oh, wow. Days of Heaven that's <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying to look at these, 1970s. oh, Game of Death, that's a terrible film. Superman, uh, Richard Donner's Superman was nominated for Best uh, Editing and lost to the Deer Hunter. What do you think about that? Wait. Oh, you know what? The Last Waltz also. Uh, Superman, yeah, you're right, Superman. You know, I haven't
1: seen Superman in a long time, and I do wonder how it would fare today. I don't know if it it would uh, work with our trilogy, though. Although I don't know what our trilogy <laughs> is anymore. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they reissued American Graffiti that year? That's
0: weird. Did George Lucas have another cut? <laughs> I'm sure he did. Uh, (laughs) I hope it's American Graffiti 1138. (laughs) Uh, When I Google best films of 1978, uh, in fairness to the deer hunter, uh, Google has it uh, fourth. Uh, Midnight Express is number two, (laughs) but number one is Cheech and Chong's Up in Smoke. So that's what (laughs) most people want from 1978. (laughs) Deer Hunter was like the ultimate buzzkill.
1: Oh, man. Oh, Halloween. There you go. Halloween I like a lot. I think it's
0: a really good film. And so I would say Halloween is the episode of Hot Takes. Mike says Meryl Streep's got a fine career ahead of her and you like Halloween. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well. Grease came out. That was really popular. I recently rewatched Grease.
1: And, boy, I liked it much better in my head. I mean, that film really falls
0: apart in the second half my first experience with Greece was not the way to become a fan of a property as I watched it. It was around this time period. So it would be like, you know, mid to late may, uh, in middle school, a teacher put it on because, you know, after, after your standardized testing and stuff is done, you've got like a week or two left of school. They really just check out. They're like, what assignments are we giving? Throw a movie on every, and it's like, as a, you know, burgeoning cinephile it fucking sucks I love watching a movie but I'm like hey if every class I take is just gonna throw a VHS tape on how about we just stay in one class all day so we can finish the fucking movie because I <laughs> said we're watching it in like 40 minute increments spread out over the week but we're juggling like five different movies in different yeah. classrooms <laughs> hate it Hated it <laughs> So I'm watching Grease's way, and I'm sure they thought, like, man, this kid really loves him some fucking Grease. He doesn't want to take a break. He just wants to watch all the way through. But I distinctly remember, uh, <clears throat> is it Rizzo? Is that the stalker Channing character? Like, the bad girl? Like, the, the brunette? Yeah. Does she get pregnant? Or does someone else get pregnant? Okay.
1: Well, so, she, she, it, it, it uh, uh, I think she thinks she's pregnant, but the reveal at the end. I hope you, the all, end. This in. I hope you all
0: this I <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I, I love it. You I, I would definitely like and my cut, not only would I leave it in, but I'd move it to the front of the <laughs> web, so. <laughs> so she gets pregnant and they're making a huge fucking deal about it because Greece is set in the fifties, right? I think so. Um and the teacher I can still start to get really nervous because keep in mind I'm in fucking middle school web. There's a girl in our classroom who is pregnant. Oh no and has been noticeably pregnant for some time throughout that whole semester. So it's already scandalous. And the teacher's like, fuck. We've got a whole subplot on this like song and dance (laughs) movie where they're like, Jesus Christ, your life's over. I can't believe this, you know, this horrible slut has done this.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And the big reveal at the end is she's not pregnant. Whereas the
0: Thank God. Now That's we crazy. can dance. <laughs> Wouldn't that have been awful? Our lives would have been over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she went on this big uh tangent about how she was trying to explain how back in, you know, her day, back when that movie came out that you know, th- th- this was treated much differently And I'm like I don't know you seem to be very uncomfortable That you've like fallen into this <laughs> <Yeah>. conversation <laughs> With someone that you know, We've just all kind of like Walked around the fact that I'm in middle school With a pregnant young lady Who whew, Yeah that was So that's the first and only time I ever watched Grease And I'm like well this was <laughs> Deeply unpleasant <laughs> 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 There, There is uh, Like I, I don't want to I don't want
1: to give you like a deep dive into Greece, but there's one scene like, I, you know, you know how certain movies will just stick with you or certain scenes will stick with you. There's one moment in Greece that is so powerful to me uh, that it just stuck with me as a kid is when uh, John Travolta is trying to still be cool after learning that. Uh, what's her face? Uh, Olivia Newton. John is now joining his. School And now he's trying to be cool, but still be excited for her and be the two different kind of Dannys. And uh Rizzo is, like, loving it because she set the whole thing up to have them meet in front of all the people so he can't, you know, drop face. And he looks at her and he knows that she knows. And they both know in that moment. And he's trying to keep it together. And she's loving it. And she's got this look of pure, like joy that she's making him suffer because they <laughs> used to go together and he he's trying to be cool and Sandy knows. Like she's like, what's going on? Why and she's heartbroken. And he looks at her, and they exchange this look. That's just like you. I can't believe you did this to me. And she's like, "That's right." And it was this moment that stuck with me as a kid. I was like, "That cinema right there. That's what. Po- that's what's possible when you turn on a camera and have a
0: banging script." You should leave all of this in because we got far more passionate about grace. <laughs> It's the best. It's the best.